What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the It's Lit Reviews team. I am Jake, joined by Aaron, Matt, and Cole. No Adam, he's out today for whatever reason, probably because he's just being lame or something. I don't know. He didn't really tell us why he wasn't going to yeah, be Didn't here. even give an excuse. Yeah, it was the weakest kind of excuse. I mean, I had COVID, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I couldn't he's probably breathe. reading Ready Player One. He can't put it down. I, was, I wanted to talk to him about that. Oh, see. He messaged me at 1 a.m. about it. <laughs> see adam see what you're doing now you're throwing everybody off but it's all right he probably looked at our agenda and he was like it's gonna be it's gonna be a quicker episode tonight anyway and then he realized that he doesn't know us at all because we'll take these short topics that we have and turn <laughs> into 45 minutes of nonsense mm-hmm. uh, accurate so we're not missing we uh we don't have any flagship shows going on currently uh we have a few i think there's there is one we have the nevers that's still going on for hbo um, correct HBO. Yep. Mm-hmm. HBO. Um, but so to the, today's episode, we're really just going to talk about what we've all been watching recently. Uh, some new stuff, some semi older stuff for Cole, some really old stuff. Uh, but Matt, Aaron, kick us off with <laughs> the nevers here. How was the most recent episode as spoiler free as you can make it? Um, uh, go ahead, Aaron, you start. I was just going to say that there is, it's, I am still shocked at how, like, when I was first looking up some some of the reviews of this show after starting to watch it, how it was not very well received initially. I'm hoping that turns around, and I'm happy there's going to be a season two because I think it's fascinating the direction they're going in. Um, I mean, but... I think they're still referring to it as season one, part two. Season one, part two. Okay. Uh, thank you for the correction. Cause the I last I saw, it, anyway. But... Um, but I'm just I'd like the quick wit and the, just the clever commentary in it is still just like still carrying through the whole thing. Um, watching the actors play off each other is wonderful. And as I've said, a lot before, of good chemistry. Ha- yeah. Oh, and sure. ha- having watched a lot of these kind of shows before, it's very rare that I get taken by surprise by something. And there was at least two things this time around that I was taken by surprise by. And I won't elaborate because it, it's very spoilery, but there's just, there's a lot of development in this episode and they got me, which doesn't always happen. So like, I, I always get extra excited about a show when they get me with something like that. So I'm yep, yeah, thoroughly I'm, intrigued. Cole, I'm I can't wait for boat. you to catch up because I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat as Aaron. Uh, this episode got a little twisty and uh, it managed to catch me off guard. Uh, I, I do want to give a shout out to, uh, I can't come up with her name right now, but the actress who's playing uh, Malady, who is the villain of the show, uh, quote unquote, uh, is really impressing me. Uh, and the show's giving her a lot of opportunity to do more than just play like total fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's taking it some very interesting directions. Amy Manson is her name. Yes, thank you. Uh, but yeah, she's doing an incredible job. Uh, I mean, crazy is difficult to play without going too far with it anyway. Um, and she did that really well, but I, I just love that the show is letting there be like layers to that character. Um, yeah, it's very easy to take crazy and make it like an unrelatable or just like a too far kind of crazy. Yeah, or it's like, Ooh, I mean, that person's just insane. Jared Leto as the Joker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I just found something interesting in Googling her name. Apparently, they based uh, the character a lot on the serial killer Eileen Warnos. Well, that's so always be, comforting. 
<laughs> right. There but I mean, I, not like knowing that I can kind of see I mean, it now, so I'm gonna watch for that. It's too, not but. any spoiler to say that she's a serial killer. At the the very first episode, you find out she's killed like yeah eight people or something already. Right. So. She's in the news as a murderer. At the Pleasant. Um. <laughs> But yeah, she's taking some really interesting dimensions. And I know that, like, Cole, you mentioned you hadn't really watched much of the after episode interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, those, those are just really giving some really cool insight to, to some of the stuff they're doing. And not, like, there are times where, like, when you go into those after episode, like, this is how we did it things. It kind of ruins the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's I, I don't why I like, don't watch them why i don't watch them for me for this show it's making me like more it's, appreciate what i'm yeah doing. i'm respecting <laughs> like, it even more with this show so like not always but this show in particular um, like the behind the scenes stuff is pretty... the behind the scenes for this week was interesting because this episode was when they got interrupted for covid and had mm-hmm. to shut down for six months um so they talked about like coming back and like starting to film this episode again and like the things they had to do for like because there's a big crowd scene in this episode and they talk a lot about like the tricks they had to do to work that out and things like that. Uh, so is how this to the, film socially distanced. Is this the part one finale then before they next week took is their the break? finale. Huh? Yeah. Next week is the finale. Next week. Okay. And then yeah, it's the, still one more. the break from part one to get to part two after they resumed from COVID. Yeah. And they haven't said when part two is coming other than later this year. Gotcha. That would make sense with like the fall slate of shows most likely. Yeah. Like I would September. expect it sometime in like September, October. <laughs> yep. Very cool. Um, I always, the thing I hate about, or that always gets me like those after show interviews or even like interviews with like actors for movies and stuff like that, especially when they have accents in the show and then they mm. don't have accents mm-hmm. out of it. I'm like, whoa, you sound very different. <laughs> um, but speaking of twisty shows, uh, so the show I've been watching is called Invincible. Uh, it's semi-old. It came out of, I think like l- earlier this month, yeah, it's not, uh, not super old. It aired, not super old. It's it like a couple recently. weeks old. It's old enough to have memes about it. Um, <laughs> memes, memes that have gone viral, which is really actually what made me watch the show. I was like, I, this, you know, I've seen this. Like, I wanted to watch it. And then I saw memes about it. And I was like, I got to figure out what's going on here. So uh, it premiered on March 25th and then was released weekly. So it just ended, I think. Oh, perfect. That means I got timed up right where I was like to do my binge watch all the way through. Uh <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, Invincible is a superhero cartoon on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon original. Um, And for those of you rolling your eyes at us for talking about another superhero thing, because I would roll your eyes, my eyes too, because it's it's very (laughs) easy to not only get like bored with the superhero idea, but also to have it. It's there's only so many directions like you can go with a superhero, right? Like they're going to have different powers. They're going to save the world, blah, 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 blah. Well, and, and with this show, like the first episode is like su- such a ripoff of the Justice League that oh, you're just bad. like sitting there rolling your eyes. Like, like oh, even the, direct down copy, to yeah. like the names of the heroes, like yes. Batman is like Nightwing and yep. like it's just everything. Uh, Wonder is just Woman like a is a uh, war away. woman. Like it is mm. a one-to-one, like you're seeing exactly like the type of superhero show you'd expect. Uh, albeit with a little bit more intense graphic violence. Um, but then at the end of the episode, shit hits the fan. <laughs> and this show takes a hard left and then another hard left. So you're doing a complete 180 on what you thought you were going to be getting. Uh, mm. And then from there, every episode continues to do the same thing. 
this is one of the shows that in, for a very long time, I haven't watched a show and been like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. <laughs> and I've been I've, the, all eight episodes. I was in this show watching going on. It's like, I have no idea what is going. I know what's going on, but I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. And it's awesome. Uh, not for God, the fan of heart. This cast is phenomenal though. Like yeah, I, the, I, I the looked it up as you've been is... talking about it. And this has everybody you've ever. Yeah, yes. it has a fantastic cast. Yes, it does. Uh, J.K. Simmons is awesome, and in the part as Omni Man, he is—he just—he has a great voice for voice Superman acting. Yeah, he does. Down to being an alien from a different planet. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but overall, the—I I can't say really anything outside of it being twisty, not what you'd expect. So if you're—if you're looking at it and you're like, "Oh, another superhero show," give it a chance. But it has some intense, graphic, just disgusting amount of violence. Very violent. Um, uh, but you're going to be sitting there like, why is he doing that? Why is she yes. doing that? Why is he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes sense until everything makes sense. Love shows like that. Yes. Uh, so Matt, let me, we'll, we'll or, reconvene next week when you get, when you get through the finale. Uh, I was going to say, I've only, I, I started it last night. I've had a couple friends who have been talking about it. Um, and I was like, you know, I'll check out the first episode before I go to bed. I ended up watching four episodes uh because i was just sitting there like i need to know i need to know why these people are doing what they're doing i need to know what's mm-hmm. going on uh and one thing i really enjoyed I, i'm going to try not to spoil anything here but i the show does this thing in a couple episodes where they'll like they'll do something that is like oh that's clearly setting up for something that's going to happen in the future and then they'll like take care of it like the same episode like in one episode there's an alien invasion and they like repel it and they go back through their portal and like the general like looks back and glares at them and you're like oh he's coming back at some point and then like 10 minutes later they come back (laughs) yes multiple times (laughs) uh bailey started watching so bailey had no interest in the show and i started watching it and then she i was watching it in the living room uh about episode about episode format so about where you're at and uh, she just kept watching. She's like, this show is disgusting. <laughs> and yet she didn't want to stop watching. And she, kept, <laughs> and she kept like being really interested in what was happening. She was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah, so, it is an animated superhero show that does not shy away from blood and gore. And, and guts. And, and like other than, like outside of that, it's animated like, like the old like Justice League Batman c- cartoons. Like it yep. looks like this very bright, like primary colored aesthetic and then there's just like everything ends up drenched in blood (laughs) including the title card yeah (laughs) (laughs) so can't recommend it enough uh language actually isn't too big of a problem it's it's really just the violence like outside of that there's not not a a whole lot of like graphic content it really is they don't like shy away from swear words or anything but it's not like over the top every other word is fuck or anything like that like uh, speaking of more brutality, Sons of Sam came out to Netflix. Yep. Uh, yeah. Aaron, our resident, our resident serial killer person. Mm. Um, <laughs> super Aaron and freak. I we'll watch this super one freak. together since we're roommates now. Super freak. Okay. Super freak. How did you like it? Um, it was interesting. So this story. Uh, so Berkowitz is the son of Sam. That's who was convicted of the son of Sam killings. This which story were a follows of the in New York in the seventies. For those who are oh, not oh right, aware. sorry, yeah, yeah. So, which which had a very very 
it was it was kind of similar to the Night Stalker cases in that they were seemed to be fairly random, but instead of just being like all ages and races, it was usually young, attractive women and or couples. It, I think um, it was usually, always couples that he, that were targeted, like sitting in cars. Similar to the no, because there were also some people shot on door, like two two girls were That's shot true. on their That's doorstep. True. One girl was mm-hmm. shot like outside of her home um with her like her friend was missed but yeah and not everybody died but it was a significant amount of victims overall um Uh, there were six deaths and seven injured i think was the total yeah and it happened um another big key signature thing is important to point out is was all being shot with a 44 caliber gun which will put a hole in just about anything um especially when it's shot close range. So like these people were getting like obliterated. This wasn't even, you know, this wasn't supposed to be delicate. It was supposed to be the most violent thing they could do short of like a shotgun pellet basically. Um, so that's sort of the backstory. This particular documentary follows all of the research of one of the primary reporters. His name was Maury, Matt, help me. Uh, I oh, forget his last name. No, oh, I, I made that joke twice. <laughs> Uh, Maury, <laughs> Maury Terry, Terry. Maury, yeah, Maury Terry. So Maury Terry was a reporter and he had some different theories. And so it kind of follows um, now post-mortem um, sort of his three boxes of research that uh, yeah. he became fully obsessed with. Yeah. Um, so the first episode largely focuses on like filling you in on the details of the son of the Sam. Murders. Yeah. Like this is what happened. This dude was arrested. The cops were like, cool, we got him. And then this reporter was like, I don't think this is the whole story. Um, well, and there was some allusions in the first episode too, also explain like, hey, there were a couple people who were like, this seems too simple. He doesn't look like any of the composite sketches. We've got all these eyewitnesses who saw him and this dude you found looks nothing like them, but they found very compelling evidence well, and in an most illegal search of his car. <laughs> David Berkowitz confessed to everything. He's, oh, yeah. He was like, yep, you caught me. I'm the son of Sam. I'm the one who shot all those people. Oh, After he knew oh. they had found stuff in his car because they were waiting to jump and all that stuff. So long story short, without getting like too deep into it, um, there's my overall take on it is there's a lot of compelling evidence to prove that Berkowitz probably did not act alone. Um. And there's definitely many facets of this that I never really knew were part of it. And it, you can kind of see, I mean, this guy definitely went full beautiful mind in his house. Like this guy had strings. Attacked, oh yeah, like, there was a full picture. wall like, in this guy's He was the room. level of obsessed that was definitely unhealthy <laughs> to the point that it like actually took a toll. And they think that's what was like the stress level um, was a big player Jeez. in his death. <laughs> but um, he, uh, he made some really compelling arguments and they even acknowledge that sort of towards the end when they're getting into his later research as he started to be able to prove some of his theories. The, Matt made a good point. And I'll try and maybe if you remember exactly how you said it. Basically, he, he kind of stopped looking at the evidence objectively and started looking at, oh, this confirms my theory this much. I'm going to pursue it to prove yeah. more of my theory versus be uh, like, I'm going to pursue this to find mm-hmm. the truth, whether I like it or not. Fitting, so he fitting started to get facts very, to theories rather than theories to facts. Yeah. correct which again doesn't make him necessarily wrong he just went a little bit too far in the extreme in his pursuit of his theory that's just how you get labeled as crazy yeah yeah right and he and i think towards the beginning he wasn't there but there's also the frustration that he was heavily researching this case for more than 16 years and the stance of the police department was we found the guy shut it down we don't want any more information we're not releasing anything to you like 
even members of within the police department who are trying to continue parts of this investigation were like, no, we got the guy, sit down, shut up. This is a can of worms, we're not opening. Yeah, the NYPD was very much telling officers to like, stop looking into this. We got the guy. We don't need to, we don't need to verify things. He confessed, like. Take it as the win. Yeah, but yeah. Take yeah. the win, sit down and shut up and don't ask too many questions. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was, it was like, take the win with a threat attached so interesting but yeah it makes for an interesting documentary because it's it's very much more about like this reporter and the journey he was going on and the things he was finding than it is focused on like this serial killer even um because it it ends up branching out like countrywide like Mm -hmm. connecting to like charles manson and a bunch of other killings and yeah, a satanic There's church that was originally based and... out of England. Like, but but it it also makes sense. So like you see where he like went off the crazy train, but like you were kind of on board the train no, before it, he went off the rails. And it's a fun watching experience because you're sitting there like, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, this is wild. Yeah. Oh, okay, now you took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> Circle back to okay, now we're back on track. Let's go. Follow follow this, follow this. Calm down on that. Follow this. <laughs> So actually that kind of speaks then to the same thing I mentioned about the the superhero show. Like it's very easy to get into these crime documentaries and have it just be so straightforward. It's like, let's follow the chronological timeline of what happened with this killing and how they found the guy, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. This takes, I like that, that they're doing something different with how they're telling the story and still doing like the documentary style of it, but in and a I, different way to keep it interesting and fresh. Yeah, and they I structured it the, in a really interesting way. And I think this was the first time everything was presented all together. So like, I, I think that, you know, he, he wrote his own book about it, but like in, you can tell in the interviews that sometimes when he was, that he was doing interviews, it was only about the cult or it was only about this. And it wasn't necessarily, it was hard to get the whole big picture of how it was all interconnected. But as you're sitting there watching it with their explanations and spliced with the interviews with the families, the interviews with the people who were helping him investigate, um, etc. And they do give voice to the NYPD as well. They definitely interview, um, you know, some of the sergeants and the lead detectives on that too, who of course are just like, we hate this guy. He's so annoying, but also like it was tragic and it was scary and we get it, but like also, you know, they were very, Shut the we hell did up. our part. Yeah. We yeah. did our part. <laughs> up a lot. Right. Yeah. There's, there's one detective that they interview a couple of times who is clearly just like over it so fucking fucking hate this guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) you literally i feel like you say his name he goes this fucking guy like you can just see it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um but yeah it was definitely worth the watch and there's there's points where they have like recorded footage of uh maury terry like interviewing david berkowitz uh Mm -hmm. and you're just sitting there watching it like you're you're just asking him like you're not even a- actually asking him questions you're just like giving asking him all the information and what yes. you're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then also there'd be times where like he would say something without being led and you're like oh shit wait um so yeah <laughs> it was interesting and it, again like like the last couple of these documentaries that i've seen i mean it, it was very clear that there were some balls dropped in this investigation. Like they chose to believe they, 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 there were some choices made to shut things down that had compelling evidence at the time. And by the time there was more evidence to move it forward, it was so cold case that they were just, they weren't going to reopen it. One of the most egregious things to me. Uh, so some, some piece of evidence led them to uh, David Berkowitz's neighbors uh, 
his his the guy was named John Carr and his dad's name was Sam. Uh, and there was all this stuff going on with him and they the police never interviewed any of them and guess <laughs> who looks like the composite sketch copy paste john carr but huh. never interviewed never i even talked to him they tried to talk to the guy who the dad once um it's all and also like a compelling yeah oh, there, compelling thing a about whole, it too whole web of conspiracy theories going on here like yeah, this will be the last point I'll make is that also when they called to check up on Berkowitz, the girl who worked at the county clerk's office or wherever that they were calling to it get was a information police on, it's police dispatch, goes, oh, my name's Wheat Carr. He's my backyard neighbor. He killed my family's Labrador. And so she goes, I can tell you all about David Berkowitz. And it's like, oh, what a convenient thing that the sister of this family that lives near this guy whose dog mysteriously died could never have been her brother. It must have been the neighbor. You know, it was just one of those things where it's like, how convenient that you are then there to confirm their suspicions and to defer the suspicions from your own family. And she only ever said anything like, if my brother's guilty, I'd want to know. I don't really care after he died. So like after he was dead, nothing bad could happen to him. That's when she went on record as saying like, oh, like, I hope you do get to the truth. And if he was involved, I don't really like, I'm not going to try and protect him at all. It's like, well, too late, pumpkin. Like, <laughs> So yeah, that's my, that's my last point there. So yeah, I, I would definitely overall review worth the watch, um, especially if you're into crime things, uh, but just knowing that it's not going to be about Berkowitz. It's going to be about the other aspects of the case that haven't really been explored that much. Good to know. So we have uh, three solid recommendations so far for the shows that if you haven't seen them yet, to make sure you go out and see them. Uh, Cole, you went down memory lane this week. Uh, anything <laughs> in the in the Marvel connected universe that you were checking out, or was it something else? I hate you. Yes, I mean technically we did watch. Uh, we're doing a, a a rewatch of all the Marvel movies. So yes, uh, Marvel connected universe was part of my week this week. But I'm not going to watch. Where are you at? In the, where are you at in the timeline? Uh, Sadly, we don't need to go into it. We just don't want to know where you're at. Sadly, we had to watch the second Thor movie. I, I almost almost skipped it, but oh. now you got to appreciate the 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 bad seed there to understand to appreciate the rest of it even more. You're like, all right, that they did all of this, and this is really the only bad movie they had, and maybe the first Thor too. We can <laughs> ignore the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton. The first Thor is okay. The first Thor is okay. The the worst decision in that movie was Thor's eyebrows getting dyed blonde. But yes. anyway, yeah. I digress. <laughs> Cole, what were you? What else were you watching this week? So, uh, I didn't even notice that, and I was a makeup uh, artist at the time. Oh gosh, it looks so bad. It's bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually, me and my wife rewatched um, an Apple TV original called Ted Lasso, and I t- I've talked about it on the podcast here, and none of you have watched it, and you're all crazy. Um, <laughs> single-handedly keeping Apple TV. Uh, so this Plus is going. your what, third time through within like this a is year. My, this is my third time through since it came out. The season two is coming out in July. Um, if this helps, it's developed and directed by uh, some direction by Bill Lawrence, who did Scrubs and Spin City, and I mean, so if, if that gives you any push forward to watch it, watch it. I mean, okay. and the fact that they were able to take the Ted Lasso character, which was developed by NBC, as a commercial when they got the uh, Premier League on NBC and he, they just made up this character and Jason Sudeikis played it. He's literally the same guy from the commercials. If you Google it, the commercials are from like 2014 and he's awesome. that guy. So I think it's great. Every time I watch it, it gets better. I'm ready for season two and I'm ready for people to actually get on board with 
some Apple TV original TV, you know, shows. Cause I will, I will make an effort this week to watch that Cole. It's 10 episodes, 25 minutes an episode. You can watch it in less than a day. I also will make an effort to watch this Cole. Uh, I just learned I had Apple TV before the podcast. So great. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you get a new roommate. Honestly. Uh, I actually went to, I realized I went down memory lane this week too. I finally got around to watching a movie from like 2012. I want to say maybe 13, 14, somewhere in there. Uh, I watched the social network this week. You would never um, see that. I've never seen it. Had never, I've never seen, seen it. it. I've got to um, log out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I mean, this. It was written by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, and yep. so when I saw that, I was like, all right, I've heard you guys talk enough good things about him that, uh, I should be excited for this movie. It was a really well done movie. Um, it's a really good movie, actually. It is directed by David Fincher, and it's an amazing duo. And then Trent Reznor comes in and wins an Academy Award for his music. Trent I'm Reznor, just telling uh, you. for those who don't know, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just telling you, it's it's a good movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, that it was a really good movie. Um, I liked all the. I liked how they told the story, going back and forth, present to past, and uh, like the, like the lawsuits back to what was what was happening that led up to that point. Uh, all the interconnected relationships. Uh, although to be honest, I think Mark Zuckerberg at the end of that movie, well, I mean Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg is more likable than Mark Zuckerberg now. So and that's saying something. Which is, I was gonna say that's really saying something because Mark Zuckerberg in the movie is still kind of an asshole. No, he's, <laughs> he's a big asshole. Yes. Uh, yes. which i actually i think it's less assholey as it is he just doesn't play well with people like he just doesn't mm. interact well with people in general like he just i mean it goes to the theory that mark zuckerberg's a robot so <laughs> i mean if you watch Anywho. any of his live streams on facebook you could tell he's still kind of a robotic. like you know. oh yeah he is very I never thought i would say this about jesse eisenberg but he has such better hair than mark zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Uh, so I'm actually going to call an audible on you guys. I told you we were going to do the news first and then wrap up with the carnage trailer, but all of our news is kind of uh, controversial. So we're going to start with the carnage trailer and then we're going to go into our, our hot takes for the news yeah. here. Okay. Uh, so carnage trailer dropped, I think actually like yesterday might've been, uh, might've even been today. It was, it's fairly new. 11 um, hours ago. There you go. See, what I got from what you sent us. Breaking news. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Carnage movie is not actually named Carnage. It is Venom. Yeah, Let say, There Be Venom Carnage. Movie. Yeah, which is a Venom stupid movie. Stupid name for a movie. But and that just yeah, is a terrible the title. Let's get that out of the way right now. <clears throat> so it's the sequel to Sony's Venom movie, which is kind of attached to the Marvel universe, but not quite. Marvel and Sony aren't sure what they're doing there. I think Marvel's waiting to see if Sony puts out good movies still and then decides to bring it in or not. <laughs> I mean, um, decides to buy them is what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. Kevin Feige's waiting. <laughs> He's like, I got enough characters. I don't really need Venom, but if like, if it gets to be big enough, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> if Tom Hardy's so, on board. How do you all feel about the trailer? Uh, I'll go first. I So I saw the Venom movie originally back in 18 and it was fine. Uh, I was actually very surprised on how well it did. I saw the numbers today. It's like 850 million. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it did that well. No, like I thought know, it was okay. Would I? Uh, I like this. So a part of me feels like, based on this trailer, it has a little bit of um. Well, Rod, and I'm blanking because I'm really tired right now. <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds. Why am I blanking on the movie he plays? Um, Deadpool. 
Yeah, it's got some Deadpool vibes with Venom. Yeah, that's what I got too. To okay. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know why I blanked on Deadpool, but anyways, it has a few. It has some Deadpool vibes with Ryan Reynolds or not Ryan Reynolds with Carnage or not Carnage. Venom talking to Tom Hardy. I'm struggling tonight. You're but, doing great. All right, Cole, we're, we're sticking <laughs> out. Power through. Got power this. through. Um, and then I uh, I do love the casting of Woody Harrelson. I think he plays a really good bad guy, mm-hmm. and I I don't think he gets to do it very often. So mm-hmm. I I'm actually more excited for the second Venom than I was for the first Venom. Matt, go ahead. I'm... So here's my problem. This movie is going to come down problem? to this movie is going to come <laughs> down to Venom fighting another symbiote, which was exactly what we got in the first movie. Yeah, but it's Carnage. Yeah, but it's still just another symbiote. Like, no, Carnage is not just another symbiote. Oh, okay. Is he, he's a special symbiote. Like, he's, the, he's the thing that makes all the things. Yes. But why? Why was that the plot for the first movie? If this was going to be the set, like I just don't. Why are you giving me the same thing again? Well, I mean, in this one, this one has Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Carnage is much more not murder, murder psychopathy than any of the other symbiotes. He's still a far. symbiote, though. Like the powers, the combat, it's all going to look the same. You're going to look the same. <laughs> what did you want him to do then, Matt? I don't know. I just didn't want to watch the same movie again. Well, they would have had him fight S- Spider-Man, but they don't have the rights to that anymore. So <laughs> Right. Right. I'm not saying that I'm not going to watch it. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm not going to enjoy it. I don't know yet. I'm just saying from what I'm look- seeing here, it looks like we're going down the same path that the first movie already went down. I'm in between the two of you and the fact that I was, ex- I'm excited about the movie for like the characters and like the idea of Venom versus Carnage. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited by the trailer. The trailer kind of just made me go, eh, it was like, <laughs> I, liked I it. didn't have a whole lot. It I, was just yeah, kinda, I liked eh. it. I didn't I, think it was a very good trailer. I thought it was, it, I thought it, I think they're doing too much to intentionally hide anything that's going to be cool about it. They tossed in like the funny scenes with Venom talking to uh, Tom Hardy's character, Brock, um, and so, or Eddie. And so uh, it, it has like that part of it that makes trailers funny. But I don't think we, we didn't get a whole lot of substance to what is really going on there. Like the trailer has no idea where the plot's going. Like, my assumption, just knowing the story and that the character, happens who I all the time, though. No, you can trailer. usually at least get a sense of the plot. Like to I Matt's point, the only thing we know is that plot. they're gonna fight each other. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They set you up with Woody Harrelson about to get uh, killed in prison, and then his blood fights back, and yeah, you, and it just goes to shit. We know what's gonna happen. Oh, yeah, they're gonna fight each other. That's that's what I mean. I get that superhero movie here, man. I don't know know like how you expect there to be in this movie, Jay. But like (laughs) Woody Harrelson's character is talking to Eddie Brock before that, and we get no idea of like from the last movie to this movie. How do the heck do they know each other? Like, there's no. He's a news reporter. I'm just saying he's a cellmate. See, you thinking cellmate? You're thinking news reporter? I'm pretty sure it's actually the news reporter one. I think he's part of the investigative report that got him locked up, but. I don't know for sure. I have no idea because or the trailer didn't his... tell us at all. I, but I don't like when trailers give away too much of the plot of a movie, so I don't yes. have a problem with that. Well, I don't like your opinion about this trailer <laughs> at all. So there's that. <laughs> Aaron, how do you I've... feel about it? I'm excited for it. I enjoyed the first movie. I would, I didn't love it, but I, I thought it was more than okay. Don't you but love Tom I, Hardy though? I do. Yes, she does. Um, okay. 
but here's the thing i also love Topher grace and all i can say is this was like a really great choice to not have him be <laughs> I mean, casting Topher grace as venom was the worst decision spider-man oh. 3 made and, that's and I, I disagree with that as well because i thought he was also compelling it's just not the direction that i think <clears throat> that that villain needed to go you need somebody more tom hardy like to be yeah he's too uh, pretty to be to be venom dainty was the word i was going to use <laughs> dainty is a good way um, good, good fragile, way to put it fragile um but yeah no i'm uh i'm definitely i'm looking forward to this it was something i didn't like jump at the chance to watch the trailer i didn't realize right away i've been waiting for it to come out or anything but i am anticipating enjoying this movie regardless All and right. i also got deadpool vibes that was within yeah. watching it with the kind of the way they're doing the comedy and the darkness balance i think it's going to be deadpooly a little bit but no one can match ryan reynolds wit so no hey jake i look i looked in where I, where I saw the um eddie and Cletus that were in p- prison together it's actually in the comic book so i don't know exactly oh, what the okay, story okay. was yeah so and that's how he got i think yeah i think they went a different way with the story of how he got carnage and all that but regardless Anyway, I mean, we'll find out. That is the cool part. Like, yeah. I'm very interested to see how Woody Harrelson's character gets Carnage. But, well, like I said, that that is the, the fun part. Except for Matt, apparently. Uh, right, so, news. I am not excited for it. I wasn't excited for the first movie either, so. Uh, fair. So, on this podcast, we try not to steer too much into controversial topics. Uh, although, every topic that <laughs> we have this week is going to be controversial for the news. So what we're going to try to do is just limit this to our immediate gut reaction. We won't try to argue it too much here uh, and just get our thoughts. So the first one, I think we're probably all on the same page anyway. Uh, Joss Whedon's career being over pretty much as Gal Gadot has confirmed now with Ray Fisher. Gadot, sorry. That uh, along the side Ray Fisher that Josh Whedon is just an awful director, an awful person. And not just the two of them anymore. Like there's multiple yeah. actresses like Charisma Carpenter has spoken out about how terribly she was treated on the mm-hmm. set of Buffy and Angel. Uh, like there's multiple people who have come out and said like he was manipulative, he was abusive, he was just a terrible person. <laughs> like... So no more Avengers Age of Ultron, thankfully for us. <laughs> I mean, what was the last movie, good movie Joss Whedon directed, really, though? I mean, he's always been more known for TV shows than movies, honestly. That's true. What was it? What was the big one on TV that he had? Uh, Buffy. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I was saying other than Buffy. Buffy the Vampire yeah, Slayer. Firefly? Uh, Firefly is what I was thinking of, actually. Firefly. Yeah, but it only made one season. I mean, Yeah, I know, but it's like the one that everybody always talks about. Yeah. It should have come back, but that had more to do with the cast than the idea than him. In my opinion. Well, it, um, re- really well and he was reason... the creator of the Nevers too, but yep. he's no longer involved in the production. But he was the, you know, one of the driving forces behind getting that started. All right. So yes, unfortunately. I mean, oh, go ahead. I don't think anybody. I mean, I'm sure there are people who are upset that he's not going to be employed anymore in Hollywood. I don't think, but. I find I, directors I think... to be hard ones to feel like when news reports come out like that. I've never been like, I, I think they're like some of the people that are harder to feel worse about. Cause you're like, you don't see their work per se. Like you see like mm. their vision, yeah. but like mm-hmm. you don't see them directly like an actor or an actress. And it's like, when you're losing one of them, they like, they get kicked off. You're like, you get a lot more, a little bit more emotional about that. Where, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, to that point, like, I don't know that I'll feel weird watching anything that Joss Whedon has done. Uh, I still feel weird watching any movie that has Kevin Spacey in it. <laughs> like, yep. Mm-hmm. 
can't start i never actually finished house of cards because i was behind when all that happened and i just kind of had to stop watching it to be fair kevin spacey kind of weirds me out anyway before i knew all that <laughs> like he's like just too intense sometimes on camera like he just but there, there are a ton of movies that i love that kevin spacey it did amazing work in and i mm-hmm. am like still like seven uh mm. or, uh, American Beauty, uh, The Usual Suspects, the usual like suspect, yeah. all fantastic movies that I'm just like season one of House of Cards. Really feeling weird about watching now, like yeah. and and like the things that Joss Whedon has done. Like I'm really enjoying The Nevers. I have no plan to stop watching it. I will continue watching whatever further comes out. There I, will come a point in the next like year or two that I'll probably rewatch Buffy again. Like I think though mm-hmm. to that point, Matt. Though I think it's because we see Kevin Spacey. You don't actually yeah. see yeah. Joss Whedon. So you're like, oh, I mean, I, before I knew names behind what I watched, I didn't actually know Buffy was a Joss Whedon thing. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. just thought it was a good show. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, like Jake was saying, directors are just so much less visible. Yeah, uh, your directors, your producers, like, all of those guys. Unless gals. you're like someone who follows a director's work and looks for new stuff to come out. like. Yeah your average person doesn't really know who david fincher is <laughs> yep love so your average fincher. person knows like you're like could probably name you two or three directors in hollywood martin scorsese david uh, scorsese. i was thinking spielberg <laughs> and spielberg yeah james cameron i mean if you've oh, ever james watched a mob cameron. movie it was probably scorsese so <laughs> right right there's a good chance on the i'll stay to the superhero side then with the next piece of news uh warner brothers reportedly so allegedly not a whole lot of credence to this but there was news reports out and it's been rumored for a while that they're looking for a black fronted uh superman movie so they're looking for an actor and director both african-american to take the reins of superman how do you guys feel about that there is a script being written already yeah there is oh see sorry so we are further along than than we were the last time by uh uh who was it hang on I'm personally torn on this, not not in the sense that I'm like against seeing a black Superman, especially if it's Michael B. Jordan. I think he'd do a great job, mm. um, and he's the and he's like the fan favorite. Ta- Ta-Nehisi Coates, yeah, Say again, Ta-Nehisi Coates, okay, uh, who is a really like influential uh, black nonfiction writer. Yeah, mm, Very cool. okay. So the reason I'm torn isn't that I don't think it could be good. I think there's a lot of other cool black superheroes out there that could get movies and i don't know if this is necessarily the best way to build in representation uh so i know what they're trying to go for and i think mm-hmm. it can be good like i said i'm very excited to see what direction they take it just not sold on this being the way to do it see i think this is a good idea because i think superman as a character is really hard uh to do uh in on film because superman is such a I mean, he's America's Boy Scout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think taking a character, especially if they're going to be setting it in, like, in the time periods and stuff that Superman is normally set in, like, this is, like, down-home country, like, 1960s America. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. I think putting okay. a, a, that could be, be really interesting, then. Yeah, I think putting a Black man in that role is a really interesting idea. And, I mean, just the idea of, like, having this cultural icon that is Superman. I mean, it, it's similar to what Marvel is doing right now with, uh, with Captain America, right? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, this cultural touchstone of America uh, and putting a Black man into that role. I think there's, 
just inherently, I think there's interesting tensions that are going to arise from that. And uh, with the right talent on board to explore it, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And there's a precedent for both of those in the comic book. So it's not like they're going crazy off yeah, script with yeah. either idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with Matt on this one. I'm, I'm a, I, I'd love to see it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of this whole, I mean, this isn't a controversy, but it reminds me of um, the Doctor Who issue when a woman was going to play Doctor Who. And, mm-hmm. and, I, I, and I remember he, that was hearing big. crazy things like, oh, no, the, the, he's always a man. And I'm like, no, no, he's, he's not even human. He can be whatever <laughs> he wants to be. He, he can, can be, be a, a dog. Yeah, I mean, like, like, and I was like, we only assume that he's a man is because that's what it's been for the last 50 years or 60 years or whatever it is. I'm like, you know, and then also I remember when Donald Glover did a, a stand-up comedian thing, there was a whole internet thing saying that he should be the, a, a black Spider-Man, that he should play a black mm-hmm. Spider-Man. And I was on board with that too. And I'm like, I'm perfectly fine with representation. Oh yeah. Across the board. These are made, these are made up characters and made up universes. And we, mm-hmm. are, we as human beings are allowed to change things as we move forward and become more evolved and better humans. So art is adaptable. Also, yeah. interestingly, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates has actually written a series of Black Panther and a series of Captain America comics for Marvel. Nice. Oh. There you go. I think the thing that I... So they're part I, of the connected universe. Always. <laughs> the connected universe is everywhere. Um, I think the thing that I was really... The, the hero that I really want to see uh, is Jon Stewart as Green Lantern. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that DC still has like ptsd from the last green lantern movie same as ryan reynolds i mean so they should (laughs) the only good thing that came out of that movie was he and blake lively being fantastic couple together that's the only good thing scarlett johansson might disagree but (laughs) yeah they're both terrible in that movie (laughs) all right then to to wrap up our our evening of controversy our hot take news for the for the week uh the golden globes Oh yeah, canceled mm-hmm. by not canceled, mm-hmm. but canceled I mean, by NBC. Potentially, mm-hmm. just totally canceled. Who knows? Uh, so NBC, for those of you who have not heard, just dropped the report today. They are not going to be broadcasting the Golden Globes this year due to Watched lack of representation. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but this comes after uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime both said we're not going to have anything to do with the Golden Globes. Oh, like they didn't submit anything for nominations? Yeah, they, yeah, they said they're not going to be submitting anything. Dang, I wow. did not know that. Uh, and so it was. it's really about the, who's the group behind it that they uh, are? The Hollywood Foreign Press. Yes, mm. who well, are the ones who vote on everything, correct? So Yeah, so they're the ones who produce the Golden Globes and the, the Hollywood Foreign Press membership are the people who vote on the Golden Globes. Uh, and this whole controversy started, uh, I believe at some point last year, uh, when it came out that they had not a single black member. Oh wow. my God. Wow. Out of how many members? Uh, like 88 or something like that. Uh, like of the, it, yeah, the, the report was that like of the 88 voting members of the Hollywood Foreign Press, there's not a single black person among them. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So 90 members, Matt, 90 members. There you go. Uh, so people were understandably not happy about that. Uh, and then like the response from the Hollywood foreign press was like, very like, we're going to be looking into this. Like, <laughs> and then they've done just exactly a nothing zero. of a response. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So nobody has been happy with them. 
and it's just kind of snowballed to this point where they haven't taken any action so they're like fine we're gonna take away your toy literally (laughs) and honestly like my first reaction to this like my gut reaction was this is the kind of big level standoff that like this is the kind of big level reaction that has to happen for there to like instigate change like this is the this is the big level boycotting that I think we've been working towards for a while and I wish it happened sooner that like you know we've known about these problems for so long and it feels a little bit like we're moving towards the direction of like not just sweeping them under the rug anymore not just hiding in the dark and it's getting to the level where it actually is making an impact instead of people just being pissed off about it that is one of the nice things that the internet has provided. Twitter does a lot of bad things, but Twitter does inspire change from a lot of these bigger organizations. That's so. the understatement of the century. <laughs> what, that Twitter does a lot of bad things also? Yeah. Yes. It's a very <laughs> delicate balance. I don't know if it's very balanced either. <laughs> no, 90% no. of Twitter is awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so. No, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it helps... I think it helps that the Golden Globes are kind of the lowest rung on the awards totem pole. Uh, like, yeah, because I mean, we've seen this happen with the Oscars too, where, they, where the, the whole Oscars so white hashtag two years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I think it was two years ago. The last and year I mean, is kind of a time frame of weirdness that you can't tell if something <laughs> happened last week or last year. And I do um, think uh, like the, the Academy has like really made progress in that area. Yeah, it's not going to change overnight, but as long as you're taking steps consistently and like that's what people want to see. But like nobody nobody in Hollywood wants to boycott the Oscars because the Oscars like as much as people ridicule the Oscars, they still mean something mm-hmm. uh, like the Golden Globes. They don't really mean anything like Lady Gaga won a Golden Globe for for acting like and <laughs> I've been saying and listen, I've been saying Lady, since Gaga, Lady Gaga and the Star is Born was fantastic. Phenomenal work from her in that movie. Lady Gaga and American Horror Story Hotel. It was all right. No. <laughs> that was her getting to act weird. I thought you were going to say trash, just trash. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go that route. I was like, oh. Matt, okay. where would you put this with like the SAG Awards? Which ones? Um, I think the SAG Awards mean a lot more in the industry um, because it's people in the industry voting on who they think did great work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. That makes sense. Same thing with like the Directors Guild Awards. Like th- those are all like very meaningful. Like it's your peers awarding you essentially. And mm-hmm. so that, that means a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the Oscars are still like there's still status to, to winning an Oscar. There's still prestige there. Like even to people who don't watch the Oscars, like seeing, oh, this movie has an Oscar winning actor in it. That means it's probably going to be good. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't know that that actor won their Oscar 10 years ago and has gone downhill since. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you see a movie advertised as like from Golden Globe winner, so like you don't care about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. true. The, the Golden Globes have always kind of been an excuse for people to get together and get, get drunk and like mm. televised and pat uh, themselves on the back. Yep. So I think gotcha. this was. Yeah. Do a bracket. So I think this was an easy uh, like stance to take and an easy boycott for Hollywood to do. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's less meaningful though. Like it's still- Yeah, I think it's still significant. It's still like a televised institutional thing that is being- Well, like, maybe not in 2022. Examined. Like, and I, I think that's valuable regardless of how, how it might be like the easiest step to take. Yeah. 
that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and as promised uh, to everybody who tuned in this entire time, we, we took a what I thought was going to be a short episode and spiraled into a <laughs> almost an hour long episode. So you're all welcome. If you hung out with us we this whole so time, good. we appreciate mm-hmm. you listening. We would love to get your opinions via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Go ahead and uh, I, I keep using this phrase wrong is what I'm told, but I'm going to keep using it anyway. Slide into our DMs with your opinion. <laughs> oh we will God. tell you Why if you're wrong you or not. That? Because... That's not what it thinks. What you think it means, man? I don't think it is, but I mean, you, know you can actually slide into my DMs if you want to, too. <laughs> I'm also single. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my wife would appreciate it. No. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, we appreciate your support. Let us know your opinions. If you have your own thoughts on any of our hot takes, any of the shows that we've watched, if you're watching anything that's out there we haven't talked about yet, we talk about a lot of stuff, but there's so much content out there we can't possibly watch everything, although we try. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate the support. And until next time, enjoy your streaming.